You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. All right, how's the tribe doing today? We doing all right? Good, good. Well, a big welcome to all of you who are worshiping here in the Cameo Theater and those of you that are online. So let me pull my phone out and check in and see who's worshiping with us online right now. I see Leticia, Christina, shout out to you, as well as looks like Haley, Crystal, and then it looks like Esteban and Neza, is it Neza? Yeah, they're watching from a Waffle House in Kansas City right now. So they're on the road. So nothing like waffles and worship. They go together, do they not? And so anyways, uh, those of you that are worshiping online right now, do us a favor, smash that like button, subscribe, comment. As you know, that helps the algorithm and that helps us to get the message out about God moments, right? And we've been in this teaching series called God Moments, and one of the things that we saw the first week of the series is uh, what a God moment is. Let me show you a definition. God moments are experiences of God's loving activity that change us. And remember week one, we saw sometimes he's here, and I didn't even know about it. We studied Jacob when he laid down to take a nap. He had a dream of God, and he renamed the commonplace Bethel, which means house of God, because sometimes God is there. We don't even know that he's there. And that particular week in the series inspired our own Jeremy King to write a song about it called Bethel. And he says, God, when you do your thing, do it right here. So would you guys give a rowdy and warm city tribe welcome to our own Jeremy King? Stop. 
forget You remind me what I'm made of is this Holy Spirit, guide us Keep me in line, where I spent too much time on that fence Again, again and again I lay down and wake up to dreams of your angels You're here still, working and patient Great God of Jacob, I promise I'm chasing after you right here, you know, and we've continued in the series. Uh, Pastor Joe reminded us a few weeks ago that sometimes it's a God moment, even when you feel like you wanted to die. And a lot of you did not die because of another type of God moment that we call amazing rescues. In fact, one week we challenge you guys to think about a time in your life when you should have died, but for some reason you didn't and you're still here with us. That was a God moment. And we challenge you guys to go to the video booth that was in the lobby and tell your story of Amazing Rescue. And I wanted to show you today one of those stories that I thought was pretty amazing. Go ahead and take a look. Hello, Tribe. I'm Trey Valkenar. And um, when I was 18, I was at a party. I went to high school out in the Hill Country and I was at a party with uh, my friends and uh, I was in a blackout drunk and um, which I always drank too and they tried to keep me from driving and uh, I got away with the keys anyways and not far down the road I uh, was out in the country up in the mountains or in the hills and went through a yard and um, headed towards a cliff and there was one flimsy tree in between me and a hundred foot drop off cliff after narrowly missing this family's trailer and uh, somehow in that blackout I hit that little tree that went right through the ra- branch went right through the radiator just enough to keep those two wheels off the ground and to keep me from going off Thelma and Louise style and I just remember coming out of it in this uh, truck lifted in the air over this cliff and the guy whose house I almost plowed through was just looking at me and wondering how this tree held me from uh, from from going to a certain death and how in this large clear area out of my control I managed to hit the one spot that kept me from going off the cliff and uh, proud to say that uh, years later I was rescued again 16 years sober and um, they told me to expect a miracle and that's what I've gotten and I've been able to see it in lots of other people's lives that I was able to pass along with the, the journey of recovery with too and uh, yeah I'm, uh, I'm grateful to be here with y'all. Yeah, so God rescues you for a reason, and now he's an instrument of God's rescue in other people's lives because he rescues for a reason. And, you know, 
um, we continue today, we're going to see another type of God moment when we're wrestling with God, because sometimes God does do the thing that we want him to do. He rescues us. But other times God doesn't do things. He doesn't always operate the universe and our world the way we want him to, does he? And so those are the times we have to wrestle with God. So when you think of wrestling, what comes to your mind? Well, I can tell you when I think of wrestling here, are just a few of the thoughts that, that come to my mind. I think of Joe, the rock mena, right? Anybody, anybody? I think of Escalito Crifles. Anybody? <laughs> and then finally, there's the nature boy, Gideon Roberts. Woo! Okay. So when you see Gideon later today, just do a Ric Flair, woo, and he'll know what you're talking about there, right? Uh, but this is wrestling, and the Bible is filled with these stories of people that wrestled with God in prayer, like Abraham wrestled with God in prayer when he was praying for Sodom, trying to save the city for just a few righteous people. And then Jeremiah wrestled with God in prayer when God called him to be a prophet. And he's like, God, I don't want to be a prophet. You can keep your calling. But God called him anyway. And then even Jesus wrestled with God in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane before the cross. And so what I'd like you to think about today when you're mental multitasking Think about the one thing in your life that you're wrestling with the most. When you came in today, did you get the note card? Could you guys hold those note cards up for me? Make sure I see this. Okay, good. What those are for is for you throughout the service today. As the thing comes to your mind that you're wrestling with the most, just write it on that little card. And we'll do something with those cards later on today. But in case you need a few ideas, you know, some people are wrestling with loneliness or depression or anxiety. Others are wrestling with their career. It's not going the direction that they want. Some people are wrestling with addictions or the loss of a relationship with a family member or you're wrestling in your marriage. Write that one thing down that you've been wrestling with on your card. And this wrestling is a metaphor that really makes sense of Jacob's entire life. He was one of those guys that he just couldn't let things go. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes in life, there are some things that you have to just release and let go. But Jacob was one of those guys that he would hang on to just about everything. And then there are other things in life or times in life where a relationship is so important or something is so important that we're supposed to keep holding on. We're supposed to say, I will not let you go. And that's the one idea I want to submit to you today is simply, I will not let you go. Would you say that with me out loud, whether you're watching online or in person when I point to you? You ready? Here we go. I will not let you go. I will not let you go. And so as we look at Jacob's life today, since it's like a wrestling match, I see it as like five rounds in a fight. So in order to get me in the spirit of this, Sadie bought me a little gong. And so each round I'm going to, uh, usher in the new round with a little gong. And so we're going to look at round one of the fight. Isn't that fun? It is the sonogram. If you were to go back to Genesis 25, you would see that before Jacob was even born, he was wrestling. He was wrestling in the womb with his older brother Esau. And Jacob's name literally means heel grabber. 
And when the two twins were born, Esau was born first, and he came out with Jacob grabbing a hold of his heel. And throughout his life, Jacob would make it a habit of grabbing things that were his brother Esau's. That was kind of dysfunctional, was it? Where he always wanted the stuff that was his brother's. But the good part of Jacob's heart and his life is that he was tenacious and of very important things. He would always say, I will not let you go. But let's move on to round two. And that is wrestling for something called the birthright. So when I say birthright, I'd like you to say inheritance. You ready? Here we go. Birthright. See, every child wanted the birthright. And the birthright was supposed to go to the firstborn child. And that child would get double the inheritance of the other kids. So if your parents have some level of wealth, when they die, they pass it on. If you had this birthright, you got double what your brothers and sisters got. That would be a pretty good deal. Everybody wanted that deal to have the birthright. Now, who was supposed to get the birthright? The oldest Esau. And if you remember from weeks past, we saw that Esau was a bit of a hunter. He was an outdoorsman. He was very hairy. You know, how do you say it? And he's like teen wolf kind of a guy. He was that guy that we joked about that when he would go to the beach, he really should have waxed his back or something like that because he was that hairy grunting ape of a guy. If he was alive today, he would be driving the big pickup truck. You know, he would be like the lifetime NRA member. You know, he's the guy that's got the flag that says, come and take it. You know, I could go on and on about Esau and his camo underwear. You know, just all of it. I mean, this is Esau. But then remember, Jacob was a smooth-skinned dude. He was more of a Zac Efron kind of a guy. He probably used exfoliator, you know what I'm saying? He stays home with his mom watching The View and novellas and stuff like that. So so how did smooth-skinned Jacob get the inheritance, the birthright away from Esau? Well, here's what happened. One day, the dad in the family, his name was Isaac, He told his hunting son, Esau, he's like, hey, Esau, I'm hungry for some venison. Will you go out to the hunting lease and get me some venison? So Esau drives his truck out to the lease. And while he's out there, evidently the corn feeder didn't go off or something. So he's hunting all day long. He doesn't get anything. He comes home tired, famished, hungry. He's like dying of hunger. Well, meanwhile... Jacob stayed home. He watched the cooking channel and he learned how to make a delicious stew. Actually, it was more in my mind like a fideo, right on? So I love fideo. And so he he makes this fideo. And when Esau rolls up to the house, he comes up and he can smell this fideo. And he's so hungry and he wants the fideo. And he's in a hungry, tired, weak moment. And Jacob jumps in and he says, Esau, You can have a big, delicious bowl of fideo if you give me what? The birthright. And in a weak, tired moment, Esau hands over his inheritance for a bowl of fideo. And shouldn't that be a lesson to us that sometimes when we're tired and hungry, we're susceptible 
to giving up our spiritual birthright for a quick fix or a quick thrill or something that just fills us for the moment, right? So let's be mindful as we walk not to relapse for a quick bowl of fideo. Now, let's move on to round three. And round three, we're going to see wrestling for the father's blessing. So the blessing is different than the birthright. Remember, birthright is about inheritance. You got to keep up here, okay? But the blessing is something altogether different. The blessing is more about an endorsement. So when I say the blessing, I want you to say endorsement. Ready? Here we go. Blessing. So birthright is, birthright is about, blessing is about, let me give you a, a feel for what this was about. You know how politicians are asking for endorsements? Because they want popular people to say, hey, I'm voting for this candidate. So it gives them favor in the eyes of the public. So let me give you a definition of a blessing. The blessing is a sign of special favor that is intended to result in prosperity and success. And every kid wanted to have the blessing of the father. Now, today, most of us who are parents were thinking, hey, yeah, we want to bless all of our kids, don't we? We want our, all our kids to have the blessing. But in those days, only one kid got this particular endorsement, the blessing. And kids knew that if they got it, then it gave them a leg up in the world. And so how could Jacob get this blessing away from his older brother Esau? Well, here's the way it worked. Rebecca, the mom in the story, she finds out that her husband Isaac was going to give the blessing to Esau one day. Now, Rebecca was a bit of a manipulator. And how many of you know that kids learn manipulation from somewhere, don't they? And Rebecca passed on the manipulation to her son, Jacob. And they concocted a plan to get this blessing for Jacob because Rebecca did not want Esau to get this particular blessing. So what they knew was that when Jacob would go into his father, his father couldn't see very well. He, he was vision impaired. He couldn't see very well. So he knew that they knew that if he touched Jacob, he would feel a smooth skin and the father would know that it wasn't Esau. So they concocted this plan. If it would have been today, they would have gone to Party City and get a Wookiee suit or a gorilla suit and put it on Jacob. And so when he goes into the room, he sits down next to his father. He touches his arm. It feels all hairy like a Wookiee, you know. So then he's just like, oh, that's my, that's an awful Wookiee noise, isn't it? Okay, I, I could have done better. But anyways, he feels his arm. He feels that it's hairy. And he's like, oh, this must be my son, Esau. And he gave him the blessing. Jacob played right along with the, the ruse, the lie. And he received the blessing that was rightful his brother Esau's. So put yourself in Esau's shoes for just a minute. How would you feel about your brother or sister if they had gone to your parents and swindled not only your birthright inheritance, but also the endorsement that would have led to success in your life. Esau is angry and he wants to fight. 
And to save his own hide, to save his own life, Jacob has to get out of town. He has to run. And when he runs, that leads us to the next round of wrestling here. This is round four. He wrestled for love. Anybody wrestle for love before? Okay. So he goes to this area and he meets a guy named Laban. And Laban has a couple of daughters. And, uh, you know, so, so Jacob, he's like, hey, I want to put myself out there. It's like he's putting himself out there on the, on the Bachelor or something like that, right? He wants to find himself a date. And one of the daughters was particularly hot, as he thought. Her name was Rachel. And so Jacob really wanted to marry Rachel. He was in love with Rachel. Um, so Laban tells Jacob, hey, you can marry my daughter if you will work for me on my animal farm for like seven years. And so Jacob is like, for sure, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work for this girl. So he works for Laban for seven years. And at the end of the time, when it's time for the marriage to happen, they did marriages uh, quite a bit different than what we do these days. Um, so basically, Jacob wakes up on the honeymoon the next morning, and he wakes up and he thinks he's going to be married to Rachel, right? And this is Rachel, the hot one. But Laban pulled a fast one on him. And when Jacob woke up, it wasn't Rachel. It was Leah, this one. <laughs> Scholars think she looked like Yolanda Saldivar. And for those of you not from here, She's the woman who killed who? Salina. She's of the devil. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, Jacob is upset because he worked for seven years for Rachel and he gets Yolanda Saldivar. Well, Laban says, hey, I didn't know you wanted to marry my daughter, Rachel. Work for another seven years. And Jacob says, Rachel, I love you so much, I will not let you go. So he works another seven years, totaling 14 years. But in that second half of seven years, Jacob swindles Laban out of much of his wealth in the form of farm animals. So at the end of 14 years, Jacob has got not only his daughter, Laban's daughters, but he's got a bunch of Laban's farm animals, and he has to take off because Laban adds his name to the list of people that want to see Jacob dead. See? So Jacob figures, well, maybe I can go back home. Maybe my brother won't remember what all happened, you know, in the past. And so he takes his entourage of animals and new family members and all of that, and he's headed towards home. And then he finds out that Esau knows he's coming. And he finds out that Esau is headed his way and Esau's not alone. He's got 400 angry rednecks in the back of pickup trucks coming his way. And Jacob has to figure out what he's going to do. So Jacob decides to get alone. Have you ever had a problem you're dealing with and you just need to get alone to clear your head? Well, that's what Jacob is doing. He gets alone and he's sitting there trying to clear his head when all of a sudden a mysterious man comes out from the bushes, I guess, and starts to wrestle with Jacob. And when you think about this wrestling match, it's not like 
you know, Greco-Roman wrestling. It's not even sports entertainment wrestling. It's something more like MMA wrestling with no gloves, no referees. It is like hand-to-hand combat, fight for the death, and they're wrestling throughout the night. Now, I don't know what all happened in that wrestling match, but I do know this from the scriptures, that at this point, um, this mysterious man injured Jacob's hip. And I don't know if it was dislocated. I don't know if he broke the hip. I don't know what he did to it. But the mysterious man injured Jacob's hip. And even in the midst of the injury, Jacob will not quit. And they keep fighting throughout the night. And the sun is about to come up. And look at what happens next in Genesis chapter 32, verse 26. It says, then the man said, let me go for it is dawn. But Jacob panted, look at these words, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What's your name? The man asked. And he replied, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him it is now Israel because you have struggled with both God and men and have won. By the way, what's your name? Jacob asked him. Why do you ask? The man replied. And then he blessed Jacob there. And Jacob named that place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen the God face to face, yet my life has been spared. And you know, some theologians believe that Jacob was actually wrestling with Jesus in pre-incarnate before he had walked on the earth and what we have recorded in the Gospels. But here he had wrestled with God and God renamed Jacob, Israel, which means one who contends with or one who wrestles with God. And Jacob wanted the blessing of God so much that he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. See, now the hip injury caused Jacob to limp for the rest of his life. I mean, it wasn't just a temporary thing. Can I ask you a question? Do you have a spiritual limp? Of any sort. Perhaps you've got a wound that you've not been able to get over this side of heaven. And you've received as much healing as you can, but perhaps there's something in your heart, in your life, that causes you spiritually to limp a bit. And today I want to encourage you in that limp. I learned this from a little book called Leading with the Limp by author Dan Allender, and he explains that the power of God is released when we walk in weakness. When we lead from a place of power, it limits the power of God. When we lead from a place of our strength, it limits what God can do. But when we lead from a place of weakness, it releases the power of God to do things that we could have never done on our own. And if Jacob would ever need the power of God in his life, it was going to be for his next encounter. He had already wrestled with God, and that was very, very difficult. But here comes his brother. And now, I mean, on a good day, on his best day, he would have a hard time wrestling with his brother Esau. But now he's going to have to wrestle Esau with a bum hip. And it's a total surprise what happens. Look at me back at the text at Genesis chapter 33, verse 4. When Esau's coming, it says, Then Esau ran to meet him 
and embraced him. <laughs> you think he's going to get him in a chokehold, right? And he threw his arms around his neck and he doesn't strangle him. It says he kissed him and they both wept. See, Jacob's God moment of wrestling with God led to a humility and a brokenness that unleashed the power of God in his angry brother Esau and calmed Esau and the two brothers that hadn't spoken in many, many years are now restored in their relationship because of a God moment. A God moment. And Jacob had finally learned, I've got to release people. I've got to release God that which I cannot control. But I will not let you go. See? And the reason that this story is so meaningful to me personally is because I have wounds from my past. And there are things that were outside of my control that I didn't cause, but still hurt me. And I'm not going to share those things with you today. And the reason why is because a part of my own recovery is to forgive those who have hurt me and to not use like the stage and microphone that I have to shame other people about their own sin, their sins, because I've got enough sins of my own to confess, which I've done here. And I wish I was that pastor that had never really had any problems in life. But the reality is that I'm walking with the limp. I am, spiritually speaking. And what I've learned is, is that when there are circumstances, people that I can't control, I have to let go. But at the same time, I have to say to God, I will not let you go. You follow me? And you know those things that you wrote on your cards? Those things are holy and precious. And I'm going to ask you to do something with those things that you wrestle with. Here in a minute, when we stand up to sing, I'm going to ask you to walk up here and just release those things you can't control and put them in one of these baskets here in the front of the stage. And when you do, just release that thing and then say to God, I will not let you go. You follow me? So, by the way, you don't have to do this if you're new here and you're not comfortable walking up in a church service. That's okay. But let's stand together and sing. And as we worship him, come and let those things go and say, God, I will not let you go.
silence steals my voice. You understand me. You understand me. You come to me in the valley of unknowns. You understand me. You understand me. You understand me, God. You understand me. So I throw all my cares before you. My doubts and fears don't scare you. You're bigger than I thought you were. You're bigger than I thought. And I stop all negotiations with the God of all creation. You're bigger than I thought you were. You're bigger than I thought you were. You're so much better. You're so much greater. I set my heart on you.
one of these cards that's been submitted here, these things that we're we're coming to an understanding that we just cannot control. So we release them into your hands, but at the same time, we say to you what we want is an encounter of you. We don't even want just what we want. We want what you want. And the best thing that we can want is you and more of you. And we will say, we say to you, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. And as we bow before the Lord now, I can't help but think that he is drawing kids to himself, those that he wants to adopt as his daughters and his sons. And if you find yourself in that category, you're a person who has never had a love relationship with God. You've never been able to call yourself a follower of Jesus. Uh, you've just not even believed in him. But today you sense a loving presence drawing you to God. Today is your day. And I want you to just talk to God in your own words, in your own heart, just between you and him. You don't even have to say it out loud. But maybe you'd want to say something like this. Look, God, I understand. I know I've sinned and I've screwed some stuff up. But God, right now, in this moment, I choose for the rest of my life to believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin, that Jesus wrestled on the cross to, to be my substitute, to take the punishment that I deserved. And he rose again from the dead to give me new life. Jesus, welcome into my life as my Lord, my best friend. If you just prayed that and you'd like me to know about it, just maybe peek up and show me a hand. It's kind of dark in here. I may not be able to see. Yeah, I see a couple of hands back there. Awesome. Anybody in the back? I can't see in the back very well. Show me your hand back there. Anybody? Yeah, I see. See you back there, sir. Awesome. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing all over this place and all of these services. And we can't help but look forward to seeing what you're going to do as we've released these things into your capable hands that we would have deeper encounters of you and God moments. And we trust you with all of this. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Anybody want to thank God for what, how good he's been to us today? I thank you, Lord. So you guys go ahead and take a load off. Take a seat just for a minute. And as we wrap up today, I just want to remind you that next week, we're going to continue in the God Moment series, and we're going to look at valuable adversity. Some of us are in adverse situations. 
right now, aren't we? We're going to see the type of character and the things that God wants to do through our adversity next Sunday. So make sure and come on back for that. Um, also, don't forget coats for kids. If you've got some coats that you want to donate for some kids, that would be super helpful. And you guys are a mega generous group of people. And that's why we always talk about our ways to tithe and give here. Now, obviously, if you don't believe in God or you just kind of came with a friend or whatever, you don't believe in Jesus or any of this, uh, we're not like begging for your money. But those of us that are regulars, we go to the scriptures and we see how Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so we want to make Jesus a first priority in our lives. So we bring like a first priority you know, tithing above here at the local church to invest. And I thank you guys for your generosity because it's making such a big impact in the lives of people, not just here in San Antonio, but even in other parts of the world. And we just want you to know and be informed on the ways to, to do that since we don't like pass buckets or plates or anything. So you can mail your offerings into the P.O. Box number. You can text to tithe. You can also go to the giving stations located near the exit to the theater, or you can just go online on any device to citytribe.church slash tithe, T-I-T-H-E, and take care of it that way. So before you guys take off today, why don't we stand back up for a word of benediction? I know some of you are thinking, Pastor Doug, I just sat down, okay? What is this, a workout? I'm down. I'm up. I'm down. I'm up. Well, we got to keep you hopping around here, right? And so um, for the benediction, if you're next to someone you like, you can put an arm around them if you want to. You can put a handout, position to receive. Um, no unsolicited arm arounds, okay? You know, can we, can we keep that boundary? But anyways, uh, let me speak some encouraging words on you, shall I? Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, walk from here with the peace and rest of knowing that you release that thing that you cannot control into the hands, the capable hands of God. But at the same time, you're telling him, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. You guys walk from here and grab that blessing. I'll see you guys next Sunday. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.